time. It's time. It's time. It's time. It's time for Tech Tuesday. Welcome back to Tech Tuesday. I'm Myla Wong. My name is Raj Shroff, and I'm a director of applied AI research at Blue Artificial Intelligence. So Google just launched its latest AI model called Gemini. What's so special about it? So Gemini by itself is not completely new. So the ability to understand and generate text, images, audio, and code are already present in apps such as ChatGPT Premium, Midjourney, and other tools as well. Where Gemini is really innovative is that it brings all of these capabilities into one tool. And that tool is going to be Google Bard, which is essentially a ChatGPT competitor. So, looking at some examples of what Gemini can do, Google's demo video showing Gemini in action showed an example of a man showing Gemini a real-time video of him drawing a duck. And Gemini was able to identify that this was a duck in real time. It even commented that ducks are not usually the color blue, as it was in the man's drawing. So there's many capabilities here with Gemini, but ultimately the goal for Gemini and other similar AI tools is to be able to see, hear, speak, write, create, solve problems, much like we do as human beings. We also see Gemini finding a ball in a cup switching game, or understanding shadow puppet gestures. How amazing is that? Because people seem to be quite blown away by the video. Yeah, so maybe we can get into how realistic that is in practice. But the ability for AI models to understand a wide variety of visual content is actually very impressive. Until recently, it was fairly easy to train an AI tool to become very good at one specific task, such as identifying a picture of a cat or a picture of a dog. But if you showed that AI tool a picture of a random animal and asked it. What is this animal? That was a much harder problem for any AI tool to solve until very recently. And today, it seems that we are very close to solving the problem of making AI tools effective at a wide range of tasks. And that massive leap in innovation is actually really cool. But some say that the video is faked. Can we believe Gemini is as powerful as it seems? Maybe "faked" is a strong word.、Uh, perhaps we can be nice to Google and say that the video was heavily edited. And soon after Google released this video showing Gemini doing incredible things, like watching that video of a person drawing a duck, people started to question if Gemini could really do that in real time. It turns out, and Google actually admitted this, that the example where Gemini was looking at that duck was made to look more impressive than it actually was. In reality, it turns out that Gemini did not watch a video in real time of a man drawing a duck and talk to him about the duck. Turns out that Gemini was fed a series of images and text prompts instead of live video and a live voice. Now, that's just one example, but in a nutshell, that demo video showing Gemini understanding real-time video and speech may not reflect its true capabilities, at least not yet. But Google said Gemini is the first model to outperform human experts at a method to test AI models. So is Gemini better than ChatGPT? Yeah, so that's an interesting test. And Google claims that Gemini's best model, or Gemini Ultra, does outperform GPT-4 in most reasoning, problem-solving, and image analysis tasks. Of course, we need to see if this is actually true after Gemini is released or Gemini Ultra is released early next year. So that specific benchmark that was used, MMLU or 
massive multitask language understanding benchmark. It actually measures how an AI model has gained knowledge across many different subjects in science, math, and humanities. So it's training how well a model has learned something. And Google says that Gemini has scored essentially 90% on this test, while GPT-4 scored a little bit lower at 86%. So these benchmarks are great, but real-world performance is actually more important. And we will see if Gemini really outperforms GPT-4 or GPT-5 when it's actually released. You mentioned there's Gemini Ultra. So are there different versions of Gemini? Yeah, so there's three versions of Gemini. So there are Gemini Pro, Gemini Ultra, and Gemini Nano. Gemini Pro will be, we can assume that it is integrated into BART already, and it's about as capable as the free version of ChatGPT, so ChatGPT 3.5. Gemini Ultra will be released early next year and should be able to compete with GPT-4. And finally, Gemini Nano is the smallest version of the model and is designed to run on smartphones. Let's move on to Meta. So Meta rolled out last week a new website for people to generate AI images. It's called Imagine with Meta. So how does this Imagine work? So Meta's Imagine tool is actually very easy to use. Just provide a text description of the type of image you want to create, and it will be created in about 10 seconds. So the images themselves that are created are very high quality and quite realistic, but not 100% realistic. And this is true across every image generator app out there. Funnily enough, since Meta's Imagine was trained on Facebook and Instagram photos, people are saying that the photos it creates of human beings kind of look like Instagram models or influencers. But a notable difference between images generated by Meta's Imagine and other image generators such as Midjourney is that Meta will not allow you to generate images of celebrities, historical figures. This is apparently to reduce the spread of fake news. And images generated on Meta's app are also watermarked with a logo in the bottom left-hand corner, which makes it very clear that the image was AI generated. You also mentioned that Meta used pictures on Facebook and Instagram to train the AI image creator. It actually used 1.1 billion pictures. That's a, a very large number, right? So how do we know if our pictures have been used or not? I don't think we will ever know if our pictures were actually used for training. And according to Meta, their image generator was trained on only public photos posted to Facebook and Instagram. So if you uploaded a holiday selfie or a photo of your lunch, there's a good chance that you provided Meta with free training data. So if our accounts are public, then there's a possibility that our pictures have been used and we wouldn't be notified. I would say there's a strong possibility. And there's no way to opt out of this. Well, that's a great question. And many people are asking Meta to provide a clear way for people to opt out of this. Right now, the only way to kind of opt out is to make all of your photos private or viewable only by your close friends. And that's not really a great user experience. So personally, I hope that Meta makes it easy for people to opt out of their photos being used in this manner. So assuming we can't opt out, what does this mean to the way our personal info is used and commercialized? Well, there's actually a long history of Facebook, Meta, and other big tech firms using our personal data to make money for themselves. 
Usually this is done by selling our data to advertisers or using our behavior on social media or YouTube or Netflix to recommend content that we might be interested in, which means that we spend more time on Netflix, YouTube, Facebook, and watch more advertising, which makes them more money. Ultimately, we were the biggest sources of cash and profit for these tech firms. But now the difference is that it is our faces and photos that are being used. And that kind of makes it personal. I personally expect that anything and everything that we post online can and will be used to train some AI system. And there's really nothing we can do about it unless we stop posting online. That's why many of these AI tools are free for us to use because we've already paid for it with our own data. Last but not least, negotiators at the European Union reached a deal to regulate the use of AI. So what does the act involve actually? Well, the EU's AI Act is significant because it makes it the first major world power to enact specific laws governing AI usage and development. And the main idea with this AI Act is to regulate commercial AI systems based on their ability to harm society. So the higher the risk of harm posed by an AI system or an AI company, the stricter the rules for compliance. And this act also requires models such as ChatGPT and other general purpose AI systems to comply with certain transparency obligations before they're even allowed into the EU. So this includes creating technical documentation, complying with EU copyright law, and producing detailed summaries about the content used for training. So basically these AI models and companies must prove that they're compliant with EU laws. But at the same time, there's two important um, exceptions made here. So first, the EU is trying to make these reporting requirements less burdensome for smaller companies, which is good. And perhaps more importantly, these proposed regulations do not apply to AI systems that are used only for research and innovation. I think this also limits the way that the authorities can use AI when it comes to like facial recognition. Yeah, so they're very specific about that. And they basically have put in the draft that large-scale public usage of biometric identification, which could mean facial recognition, is largely banned or prohibited, except in some very specific cases where law enforcement needs to use these technologies to find suspects in acts related to terrorism or very serious crimes. So what can people do if companies violate the AI Act? There is a public mechanism for reporting violations. And if these companies are fined for potentially ignoring the regulation, they can be fined up to something like 35 million euros if they're a large company or 7% of their annual revenue. So the fines are quite significant. And there is a public mechanism for people to say, hey, this product is violating my rights. But do you think this agreement actually kept a balance between promoting innovation and respecting people's rights? Based on this draft regulation, there's cautious optimism that the EU intends to support innovation while still pursuing its primary goal of respecting people's rights. But this pro-innovation approach will only be the case if these regulations are enforced with a light touch so that it doesn't limit innovation by AI startups and the open source community. 
However, there's always a risk of something called mission creep or a gradual expansion of these regulations under the justification of protecting the public based on some new threat or some new technology risk. So it'll be interesting to see how these regulations are actually enforced or if they're expanded in scope to make them more burdensome than they are now. They're saying the regulation will be in force next year and will apply for two years after that. So not entirely sure on the timeline, but we should see a quick rollout and it should be in force for a few years after that. You said this is the world's first major AI regulation. Do you think this will be a template when other countries try to regulate AI? Well, I'm not sure if this will be a template because many major jurisdictions, North America, the Greater Bay Area, and even Singapore, they'll come up with their own specific AI regulation. So every major countries will have laws that govern AI usage and development. And my prediction is that countries will draft regulation partly to compete for global AI talent and global investment. And ultimately, I believe that the most common sense, light touch, pro-innovation regulation will probably be the most successful when it comes to attracting AI talent and investment.